0: Many of those who beat COVID-19 are now experiencing a range of troubling chronic symptoms, not just lung issues from the respiratory effects of the virus. Long-term medical problems can affect virtually any organ system or part of the body, from neurological to cardiovascular to gastrointestinal. With a dizzying range of possible combinations of symptoms, our siloed healthcare system that mostly provides specialized care for one part of the body or another, is not well-suited to solving the mysteries of long-haul COVID-19. In two articles today, we will read about what is known so far about long-haul patients and about the kinds of treatment currently being offered. Our first piece comes from the April 2021 Experience Life magazine. This is titled, Help for the Long Haul, and was written by Mo Perry. Nicole Press started feeling unwell in March 2020. At first, the stage manager, who splits her time between New York City and Pennsylvania, thought it might be allergies. But a week in, she crashed hard. It felt like the worst flu I've ever had, recalls Press, 37. She got tested for the coronavirus, and her tests came back positive. At the time, I thought I was lucky, she says. I thought I'd be through with it and then be able to donate antibodies to others. But her COVID-19 symptoms dragged on and on and became debilitating. Rashes, muscle aches, dizzy spells, fatigue, cough, shortness of breath, absence of taste and smell, vomiting, brain fog, body tingles, acid reflux, broken blood vessels, and hair loss. It hit two weeks, then three weeks, then a month, says Press. In hindsight, I would have done things differently and gone to the doctor. But at the time, there were trucks full of bodies, Healthcare care workers were overwhelmed, and the message was, stay home and don't ask for help. So I just took vitamins and hoped for the best. Two months on, Press finally telephoned her doctor, who called her in for blood work. She tested positive for coronavirus antibodies, showed high levels of a generic inflammation marker, and was deficient in vitamin D. She also tested positive for mononucleosis, an illness caused by the Epstein-Barr virus, which she had previously contracted in high school. The rest of her labs looked normal. She now understands that her condition is shared by many who have been infected with the novel coronavirus, It's become known as COVID long-haulers phenomenon, as well as long COVID, post-acute COVID, or post-COVID syndrome. And it is receiving more attention as the number of sufferers with lingering symptoms rises worldwide. A survey of Americans with mild COVID cases found that 35% hadn't fully recovered two to three weeks after diagnosis. And English researchers estimated in the British Medical Journal that around 10% of people will experience symptoms lasting more than three weeks, while a smaller proportion will continue to feel unwell for months. With more than 105 million confirmed COVID cases worldwide at press time, millions of people are or will be in the same boat, struggling to make sense of ongoing symptoms that their healthcare providers are often unable to help them address. The absence of a clear biomarker makes chronic conditions like these challenging for many conventionally trained doctors, explains Elizabeth Boehm, MDMSRD, a functional medicine physician and medical director at the Ultra Wellness Center in Lenox, Massachusetts. That's what's hard with all the post-infection inflammatory syndromes, long COVID, as well as chronic fatigue syndrome and chronic Lyme. There's not one biomarker that says, oh, this is what it is. So physicians may discount it and say, you recovered, you should be feeling better. Yet increasing numbers of patients with chronic conditions, including growing numbers of COVID long haulers, are looking for functional and integrative solutions, says Leo Galland, MD, a functional medicine internist in New York City. Long COVID shares several key characteristics with chronic fatigue syndrome, CFS, and chronic Lyme disease. These include problems with mitochondrial function. Mitochondria are the energy-producing powerhouses inside our cells, fatigue, brain fog, and muscle pain. The condition also has unique features, notes Galland. In long COVID, we see more organ systems involved. Chest pain, cough, and shortness of breath are common, as well as GI symptoms and abdominal pain. It's also notable the degree to which they fluctuate. People can feel good one week and lousy the next, or even day to day. This certainly describes press, who says her symptoms came in random waves. Some days I pick up a glass of water and it feels like a glass. Other days it feels like a sandbag. I wake up in the morning and I don't know how it's going to be. While long COVID can present a larger and more varied constellation of symptoms than CFS or chronic Lyme, it seems to respond well to the same tools functional medicine providers use to address those conditions. In the functional medicine world, we look at the different functions that go on in the body, explains Patrick Hanaway, MD, chief medical education officer at the Institute for Functional Medicine. When we look at a post-infectious state where someone is having persistent symptoms across multiple organs, we ask, what's the functional imbalance that's going on here? About three weeks into her COVID infection, Press started to lose feeling in her lips and struggled to breathe as a tingling numbness spread across her face. Her husband, Max, took her to the ER, where doctors dismissed her symptoms as a panic attack and sent her home. In online support groups, many people describe similar experiences. Lingering COVID symptoms are dismissed as a product of emotional or psychological distress. It's real, but the doctors often say they don't know what to do anymore, says Press. In June 2020, PRESS enrolled in a post-COVID patient study group at New York City's Mount Sinai Hospital. She was referred to an array of specialists, including a neurologist, rheumatologist, cardiologist, pulmonologist, rehab physician, dermatologist, and gastroenterologist. While she was happy to be taken seriously, she didn't sense they were connecting the dots among her wide-ranging symptoms. One doctor put her on an anti-inflammatory diet, but when she started having digestive issues, another instructed her to end it. I'm grateful for all of them, but I wish the doctors communicated with each other, she says. Complex conditions like this often challenge physicians who specialize in particular areas, but the root cause approach of functional medicine can be especially well-suited to the task. Long COVID is a complex multifactorial condition, notes Hannaway. We need to look at it not on an organ system basis to say what's underneath here. What are the functions that interrelate those symptoms and how do we address that? We have here strategies for treating long COVID. A root cause approach is helping many long haulers when a symptoms-based one might not. The following is an overview of the specific strategies functional providers are using to help these patients tackle their symptoms. Each case has different precursors, and not all long-haulers will have the same outcomes with the same treatments, but these may help. Diet and nutrition. A food-first approach is the bedrock of integrative integrative treatment. Diet can be a source of inflammation, and whatever we can do to lower inflammation will allow the immune system to work better, says Boehm. She recommends her patients limit their intake of refined carbohydrates and focus on whole foods rich in protein, fiber, healthy fats, and the micronutrients the immune system needs to thrive. Supporting a good nutrient baseline is also key. We see a significant amount of nutrient deficiencies and insufficiencies in the United States, Boehm says. Notably, insufficient levels of zinc and selenium are associated with worse outcomes from viral infections. Good sources of zinc include oysters, hemp seeds, and pumpkin seeds, beans, nuts, and animal protein. Sources of selenium include mushrooms, Brazil nuts, and seafood. Make sure you're getting 8 to 12 servings of phytonutrients a day from vegetables, fruits, spices, herbs, and tea, she advises. Phytonutrients such as EGCG, gallate, a polyphenol found in green tea, and curcumin found in turmeric can decrease inflammation and rebalance the immune system. N-acetyl-L-cysteine. NAC is an amino acid that the body uses to create glutathione, the body's master detoxifier. Glutathione has a big impact on balancing the immune system, explains Boehm. If we're deficient in it, we're more likely to get sick and also to have a continued immune response. Eating plenty of cruciferous vegetables such as kale, broccoli, and cabbage, as well as avocado, okra, spinach, and alliums can help bolster levels of glutathione, as can supplementing with NIC. Aaron Hartman, MD, founder of the Richmond Integrative and Functional Medicine Clinic in Richmond, Virginia, describes one patient, a 26-year-old woman whose symptoms, persistent low oxygen and shortness of breath, followed a bout of COVID resolved after treatment that included NAC as well as omega-3 fish oil. NAC is one of the more important nutrients for people who get shortness of breath with COVID because of its ability to break down those really, really small blood clots called microemboli, explains Hartman. Vitamin D. Much has been written about the emerging link between COVID severity and vitamin D deficiency. A pilot study in Spain found that adding oral D3 supplementation significantly reduced the need for ICU treatment among people hospitalized after infection. And Galland notes that D is an important promoter of ACE2 activity. He recommends that people with long COVID supplement with up to 5,000 IU of D3 daily. Reservatrol. Reservatrol is a polyphenol with antioxidant and anti-inflammatory effects that's found in red grapes, red wine, peanuts, and some berries. It's also available as a supplement. Galandis found it to be particularly helpful in restoring his COVID patients to health. Reservatrol has a number of beneficial effects on coronavirus infection, he notes. It supports ACE2 function, it inhibits the growth of the deadly MERS coronavirus through multiple mechanisms, and it diminishes the kind of inflammation associated with coronavirus infection. Galan treated a physician in her 60s who'd been sick with COVID for six weeks, continuing to run daily fevers with brain fog and fatigue. He prescribed a combination of herbs and supplements, including Reservatrol, and her symptoms resolved within a couple of weeks. He recommends long COVID patients supplement with 200 mg of Reservatrol twice a day. Probiotics. COVID can wreak havoc on the gut microbiome, but research on specific probiotic strains that can best restore balance following the syndrome's particular damage is in its infancy. Geland is looking into soil-derived bacteria of the genus Bacillus because it may have natural antibiotic properties, though there's not yet enough data to make specific recommendations. Eating fermented foods such as sauerkraut, yogurt, kefir, and kimchi can help fortify and support the gut's microbiome. And in the event of ongoing gut disturbances, working with a functional medicine provider to design a well-rounded prebiotic and probiotic protocol can help bring the microbiome back into balance. Melatonin. Melatonin is an anti-inflammatory and antioxidant chemical our bodies produce to help regulate the sleep-wake cycle. It also supports the gut lining, which promotes healthy immune function. Supplementing with one milligram of melatonin at bedtime might benefit those whose sleep-wake cycles have become dysregulated with long COVID. Quercetin. Quercetin is a flavonoid found in dill, broccoli, onions, capers, apples, and berries. Quercetin is a mast cell stabilizer, says Boehm. We use it with people who have allergies, asthma, and mast cell issues. Mast cells, a type of white blood cell found in connective tissue throughout the body, produce allergy-related symptoms and can also be activated by SARS-CoV-2 infection. Quercetin appears to bind to the spike protein of the coronavirus, inhibit inflammatory pathways, and block replication of infected cells. It is also antiviral and completely safe, she adds. In addition to emphasizing sources of quercetin in their diet, Boehm says, long COVID patients can supplement with 500 milligrams twice a day. The path ahead. These strategies are a starting point for functional and integrative medicine providers seeking to treat long COVID, but each patient will require a unique protocol. Working with a practitioner to identify your specific symptoms in the context of your unique environment, lifestyle, triggers, and history can help provide a focused plan of action. You want to work on your whole health, says Hartman. You want to work on your foundations, diet, lifestyle, exercise. You want to figure out what was going on in your life that set you up and triggered the events that led to your symptoms. This is called getting to the root cause. You want to work on your current environment stressors, a whole host of things. And that's where a provider who takes an integrative root cause approach can be useful. They can help look for nutritional deficiencies and absorption issues, or look more deeply at something that may may be holding back your immune system, says Boehm. One of the pandemic's few bright spots is the way it's accelerated telehealth services. Patients now enjoy unprecedented access to a broad range of functional medicine providers across the nation. Find one near you. Nicole Press was happy to discover that in addition to the many specialists, members of the Mount Sinai Long COVID patient group also could consult with a functional medicine provider. She acknowledged my concerns and isn't only treating one part of my body, which I like, says Press. In addition to offering dietary guidance, the doctor put her on a probiotic and a CoQ10 supplement, which Press hopes will help mitigate some of her neurological symptoms. At a recent checkup, the Mount Sinai rehab physician told Press she was getting better. She told me I'm now in the most delicate phase of recovery, And I should be very gentle with my body, says Press, who is hopeful about her future. Boehm urges Press and others to keep focusing on the body's ability to recover. Remember that your body knows how to do this. This is a new virus and it can wipe people out. But the body has a tremendous ability to heal. Now we move on to an article from The New York Times written by Pam Bellick. This was published on April 22, 2021, titled Patients with Long COVID Face Lingering, Worrisome Health Risks. The health effects of COVID-19 not only can stretch for months, but appear to increase the risk of death in chronic medical conditions, even in people who were never sick enough to be hospitalized, a large new study finds. In the study, published Thursday in the journal Nature, researchers looked at medical records of more than 73,000 people across the United States whose coronavirus infections did not require hospitalization. Between one and six months after becoming infected, those patients had a significantly greater risk of death, 60% higher than people who had not been infected with the virus. The research based on records of patients in the Department of Veterans Affairs health system also found that non-hospitalized COVID survivors had a 20% greater chance of needing outpatient medical care over those six months than people who had not contracted the coronavirus. The COVID survivors experienced a vast array of long-term medical problems that they had never had before. Not just lung issues from the respiratory effects of the virus symptoms that could affect virtually any organ system or part of the body. They were also at greater risk of mental health problems, including anxiety and sleep disorders. We found it all, said an author of the study, Dr. Ziad Al-Ali, chief of the Research and Development Service at the VA St. Louis Healthcare System. What was shocking about this, when you put it all together, was like, oh my God, you see the scale, he added, It's still jarring, honestly. What's more, some of the patients' post-COVID medical issues, like diabetes, kidney disease, and some heart problems, could become chronic conditions that would require treatment for the rest of their lives. People have continued respiratory disease, continued headache, this, that, and the next thing, said Dr. Lori Jacobs, chairwoman of internal medicine at Hackensack University Medical Center, who was not involved in the study. It's not gone away, and we don't yet understand the underlying cause, and it's become chronic in some cases, disabling in other cases. In some areas, people have gotten better, but it's very variable. The study is believed to be the largest yet to evaluate such a comprehensive array of health conditions. The non-hospitalized COVID survivors in the study tested positive for the virus from March 1, 2020 through November 2020. Most of the nearly 32 million people who have contracted the coronavirus in the United States have not needed hospitalization, so in some ways the study may be applicable to a wide swath of the population. Dr. Jacobs said her clinic was seeing the wide range of symptoms in the study, but she said the risk of death among the study's patients was considerably higher than she would have expected. I was really shocked by the number, she said. Between one and six months after experiencing a relatively mild or moderate infection, 1,672 of the 73,345 patients, about 2.3 percent, died, the study reported. It did not indicate what caused the deaths or anything specific about those patients' conditions. The researchers also could not say if people had underlying health conditions and whether their new symptoms were direct effects of their coronavirus infection corollary effects of medications they were taking to treat some of the symptoms, stress from other pandemic-related problems, or other influences. Experts said the study's findings reflect a cascade of issues driven not just by the virus itself, but by the medical system's struggle to grapple with COVID-19 and its long-term effects. We have hundreds of thousands of people with an unrecognized syndrome, and we're trying to learn about the immune response and how the virus changes that response and how the immune response can include all the organ systems in the body, says Eleftherios Milonakis, chief of infectious diseases at Brown University's Warren Alpert Medical School and Lifespan Hospitals, who was not involved in this study. The health system is not made to deal with something like this. In many cases, Dr. Mylanakis said, people experiencing new symptoms who were never acutely sick from the viral infection enter a confusing and balkanized medical world where they seek help from primary care doctors and then are referred to various specialists who each try to figure out how to treat conditions that fall under their particular area of expertise. That helps explain why the study found that the COVID survivors had had about one and a half times more outpatient visits a month than patients in the general VA population. We're dealing with silos, Dr. Mylanakis said. Every time that we have a transfer, something is lost. The patient loses, and that may make their, own, their other long COVID symptoms worse. For example, if I'm an endocrinologist, I'm going to look at the blood sugar. I'm not going to look at the 14 other systems, he said. But the problem with the blood sugar may be because this person has such weakness and fogginess that they can't go to the supermarket and get healthy foods. So they're going to order pista. Malinaka said the unified nature of the veteran's system may actually make it better at coordinating care and sharing patient information among specialists. So for patients outside that system the frustration and confusion may add considerable stress that aggravates their symptoms. Still, the complexity of long-term COVID is abundantly evident within the veteran's system, too. I have patients that get out of bed for 10 minutes to prepare a salad, and they can't eat it because they're totally exhausted, so tired by the time they put a small salad together, said Dr. ala Ali. The research showed that COVID survivors were also more likely to be taking a spectrum of medications for their newly emerged health problems, including opioids, which Dr. Al Ali said was concerning because it might portend another wave of opioid addiction problems in the future. Dr. Al Ali and his co-authors, Yan Zi and Benjamin Bo, both at Washington University in St. Louis, also analyzed records of 13,654 patients who had been hospitalized for their initial coronavirus infection. Unsurprisingly, they found that the sickest patients, those who needed intensive care, were at the greatest risk of long-term complications, followed by those who were hospitalized in regular wards, followed by patients who were never hospitalized. Nonetheless, virtually every category of symptom, from chest pain to shortness of breath to diabetes to muscle weakness, were experienced by at least some of the people who were never hospitalized. I would interpret this as saying, it's everywhere, Dr. Al-Ali said, even if you just stayed at home and then quote-unquote recovered in three or four days. And that's very important because that segment really is the lion's share of COVID patients. Most people, when they get COVID, they don't get hospitalized. For people who were hospitalized, their experiences involved significantly greater risk of long-term health complications than people hospitalized for seasonal flu, the study found. They were more likely to develop or have persistent symptoms in a wide array of categories beyond the respiratory manifestations of COVID neurological, cognitive, psychological, cardiovascular, metabolic, gastrointestinal, anemia, and blood clotting problems, as well as fatigue and malaise. Dr. Milanakis and other experts noted that the understanding of the virus and the status of medical treatment are evolving quickly, and this progress is already translating into improvement for some patients. In addition, some people with long COVID have gotten better over time, either on their own or with the help of treatment. Still, Dr. Al-Ali said, What we will grapple with for years to come, maybe even for decades, is the effect of the pandemic on the long-term health of Americans. He added, We got caught unprepared for COVID. Let's not drop the ball on long COVID. And there we have it, two articles on long-haul COVID, which I hope personally, myself, will encourage you to get vaccinated and help us prevent the virus from gaining ground and finding new mutations in people who haven't been vaccinated. So I thank you for tuning in to Sound Body today. Please stay well and come back next week for more healthy living ideas.